Hello and welcome to this week's Photographic Life on what is uh, so far the coldest day of the year and therefore in the uh, shed it is indeed a little chilly. To the truly committed photographer everything is relevant and directly useful. All islands might seem isolated yet they are connected by the same seabed and washed by the same waves. Bill Jay said that in 1982, and I think it's a fantastic uh, description, I suppose, of the reality of being a photographer, that everything is relevant. And in previous podcasts, I've I've kind of alluded to research, and, and I thought this week we'd talk about it because I'm deep into research, it seems, all of the time. And what, what I mean by research is so often we talk about uh, personal projects and, and their outcomes, but we don't often talk about their, their, uh, their gestation period, where they come from, their foundation. And it was interesting this week, uh, somebody uh, tweeted, myself and a few other people, and asked us what non-photographic books, writers, um, were of influence to us. Uh, I gave my uh, my uh, kind of uh, suggestion as to who are the writers that influenced me and I could just as easily have done it for musicians or music or filmmakers or artists poets because all of these things to me the popular cultural knowledge are, are hugely important so research to me is not something when I'm working on a project that I'm doing to get a grade or, or to get a mark. I'm, I'm doing it for my own personal, um, I suppose, benefit really and, in, and enjoyment. I'm doing it because I'm learning and I'm kind of controlling that learning and most often uh, engaging in an area that I may have either an interest in or I might um, have a little bit of knowledge of but not that much, and and hence that desire to look into it. So photography and that photographic practice then becomes a documentation of what we find through that research. And that research to me is, is the basis. It's, it's almost like the spine that keeps running through the project. Research doesn't start at the beginning and finish. Research continues all the way through. It's like being kind of like a, a photographic Hercule Poirot. You're constantly finding little snippets of information or um, a word of text, or you're meeting somebody who's leading you on to the next um, discovery. And I suppose that's what I find so exciting about that. Uh, when I did the uh, Bill J film, um, although we only filmed, I think it was about seven, eight people for the finished film, I'd spoken to over 70 people. And although that film is now finished and being screened, I'm still talking to people. The research is going on. I'm still finding areas of discovery about Bill's life, which um, kind of just inform my knowledge, even though they don't inform any anymore that, that finished project. Of course, research can only take you so far. We were up in Manchester at the weekend, starting to film the Ray Lowry uh, project, and a number of uh, pieces of information came through the conversations that I was having with the people we were uh, photographing, we were filming. And 
they started those kind of comments with, you do know, don't you? And I was able to say, well, no, I don't, actually. Please tell me. Because that is, to me, as essential a part of the creative process as the finished image is in itself. It doesn't mean that I'm going to write about that and I'm going to add that deep level of context when I show the work. But it really helps me understand the work that I'm creating. And it really helps me understand the person to ensure that that storytelling that I'm engaged in is accurate, is fair, um, and I suppose also has that element of revelation. Because so many of us know a story and can assume that others know that too. But perhaps the most important part of research is actually finding those stories and making sure that they're told, and perhaps most importantly, that they're remembered. Last week I spoke about um, paid-for portfolio reviews, and don't worry, I'm not talking about them again. But uh, towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2018, myself and um, Jim Stevenson, the, the kind of guiding light and founder of Miniclicks Talks, a, a great organisation that originally came from Brighton on the south coast of England, um, Jim and I were talking about working together to actually create a database of photographers and people engaged with the medium whom would be happy to give free mentorship to people who wanted it. Unfortunately, due to uh, family circumstances for both of us, um, other things kind of took over our time and we, we had to kind of put that project on the back burner, which is a great shame. However, I noticed when Jim and I spoke a, a week or so ago on email, and this week he launched a mentorship program where he was and is willing. He is now open. Check out Jim Stevenson at Mini Clicks if you want advice from a really great architectural photographer. And he's offering a year-long free mentorship. And you can also go on shoots with Jim and you can assist him um, and you can apply. And he's going to choose who, who gets that mentorship. Uh, always one to, to pick up on a, a good idea. Um, I think very few ideas are, are totally original. Um, I thought, yeah, that's what we should be doing. Um, and so I'm pleased to say in this podcast and also um, this week, we've launched the United Nations of Photography free 12-month mentorship, which is available to any photographer at any stage of their career, anywhere in the world, um, at any age to um, apply for. Um, all of the details are on the website, uh, www. Uh, unitednationsofphotography.com just look out for the free mentorship post and all the details are on there and um, I'm going to be um, supplying that mentorship for a year um, via Skype on a monthly basis so trying to put something um, back um, what I mentioned about Jim Stevenson doing here is a previous contributor to this podcast um, the photographer based in London, Nick Turpin, uh, mentioned that he was also engaged with this. Maybe this is a movement. Maybe this is a way to go forward. So if you are listening to this podcast, if you do feel, yeah, that's something I'd like to do, and I think that's something I, I could do, then why not check out either Jim's or, or my own uh, mentorship and how we're doing it, read the post, and why not set up your own? There's nothing stopping you. I've spoken repeatedly on this podcast about the great work done by um, 
another place press and and how it's introduced me actually to a number of photographers whose work I wasn't aware of and very much coming from I suppose there is an aesthetic uh, leaning with that publishing house which um, is fine which is good Um, but anyway uh, one of the photographers whom they did introduce me to was the work of Amy Roma uh, an English uh, photographer now based in Vancouver Canada who has been working on a project to do with sex trafficking. Um, there's a book coming out. I think it might already be on pre-order. So check out Another Place Press, Amy Roma, R-O-M-E-R, um, for that book. Um, but they're producing that work. And anyway, so Amy's now up in Vancouver and she's working with National Geographic on um, a completely different kind of project. And I'm hoping to meet up with her for a coffee or maybe a spot of lunch. Uh, in May, when I uh, will also be in Vancouver uh, teaching and also screening the Bill J film. So this week's uh, contributor telling us what photography means to her is Amy Roma. Hello, and firstly, uh, I'd like to say thank you so much to Grant for giving me the opportunity to speak on the United Nations of Photography podcast, which I know hosts such amazing, prestigious photographers. Um, I feel like I shouldn't really be here at all, but here I am. So what does photography mean to me? Well, as a documentary photographer, photography to me really is creative storytelling. Um, Every photographer has their own unique story to tell about something in the world. Um, It might be so familiar to our human experience or it might be something we don't know a lot about, maybe because it's historical or from a less familiar culture or perhaps it plays with the idea of truth and fiction. Documentary photography really is in this exciting space, um, particularly today as I feel like photographers are really pushing uh, the boundaries. But I guess for me, I've always had an interest in human stories and and the problem humans face. Whether it's a problem we've created ourselves, such as issues with the environment or societal issues, or even problems that are just presented to us on a plate, maybe medical or just a bad set of circumstances. And then it's interesting to look at how we deal with those things. And I think photography allows me to spend time the time that I need on these kinds of subjects whether it's to explore for myself in my own practice or by engaging in other photographers work I do tend to choose subjects that are quite complex in nature I think I enjoy the challenge of untangling them and rewiring them in a way that makes sense visually Uh, It's probably for my own benefit in trying to understand the more challenging aspects of the world that we live in. And I'm also relatively slow at making sense of things. And if you ask me to read something, I'm even slower. So I think for me, the visual reader photography really has been my answer. And if I can help someone else make sense of something through my storytelling along the way, then, you know, I've I've reached my goal. Um, I do think though, as a photographer, I spend probably more of my time thinking about the problems with it than the brilliance of it, which might say something about me, but I do feel constantly not at ease with either my own photography or the photography that I look at. So I thought I'd share just one example of the 
kind of thing I think about a lot because I suspect we're probably all in the same boat. So with my photography, I'm generally trying to teach the audience about the issue I'm photographing um, in the hope that it might raise awareness of that issue, such as my project on modern slavery in Britain, The Dark Figure. Um, but who, who am I actually reaching out to? Right now, for example, this podcast being proof, um, I'm very much reaching out to a documentary photo niche audience, and I'm not too sure what good that's going to do in the bigger picture. I mean, it's great, like, it's really great, but I'm not sure how it's going to help. Um, but I'm going with it, and I think we all have to kind of go with it because what else can you do? And I guess. I guess it's not helped that we're in an age where no one's hired to make work anymore, but yeah, I just, I, that's something I struggle with a lot. And um, like, who's even gonna see this? But I'm gonna leave that with you and anyone who has an answer or wants to share their ideas or rants with me, then please feel free. And before I go, I've just got a couple things I'd like to mention. Um, one is that, You'll be able to buy my first book, The Dark Figure, on pre-order with Another Place Press very soon. And by doing so, you'll be supporting the wonderful independent photo book publisher, Ian Sargent, as well as learning a little bit about modern slavery. Uh, and maybe you'll even be able to tell a few friends about it and raise some awareness with me and prove me wrong about my bad thoughts. Uh, the second is to please, if you're interested, to follow my new work on the decline of wild Pacific salmon and what this means for the local people of British Columbia and Canada, uh, including the Coast Salish First Nations who have depended on salmon as a food source for thousands of years. Uh, so please follow and interact with my social media channels over the coming year. The project's called The Last Salmon Run and is funded by National Geographic. Um, There'll be a website somewhere down the line, but until then, please head on over to my Instagram and Twitter. And thank you so very much for listening. Thank you, Amy. And so many interesting um, discussion points I think she raises uh, in that contribution. Once again, Ian gets a mention. I'm sure he'll be pleased um, to hear that. But I think um, a couple of things I just want to pick up on. One, um, I apologise for Amy for describing it as sex trafficking, um, the the body of work she's talking about with the book i perhaps should have described it as human trafficking which perhaps would have been more appropriate um or more accurate um as far as the photo community is concerned i i do understand what amy's saying there um i hope that people who listen to this podcast uh, are not just uh, either documentary photographers because we do try and get a a broad range of photographers on uh, each week working in different areas um but also that um it's people not necessarily interested in photography i'm trying to sort of reach a broader audience um if you are involved in the photographic uh, community and you feel that you'd like to share the projects that you hear about um certainly i can remember uh the jim mortram projects um definitely step outside of that photographic a world and um he does he works very hard to try and get his work out there and i know a lot of other photographers do also particularly people working for uh non-government organizations and charities and so forth anyway so if you feel that you know this podcast is 
something that somebody who is perhaps not a photographer would enjoy, then please let them know about it and please share it with them. We always try and do our best with social media and Amy's very active in that basis. Um, Funnily enough, another story came up this week that I noticed concerning uh, a extremely well-known photographic manufacturer, camera manufacturer, um, and a situation with a photographer who um, felt that they had been let go because they didn't have over 50,000 followers uh, on Instagram. That whole story can be found on the Petapixel um, website. I think it went live this week. Um, but anyway... I don't really want to go into that in uh, any great detail, but I think all of us will understand the importance of social media in um, the dialogue, the ongoing dialogue around photography and around issues, even if perhaps we're not always great fans of using the social media and find ourselves perhaps slightly taken along by it. Anyway, that's Amy Roma's um, take on it. And um, I think what we can all do is uh, is share um, what she's saying. I suppose also that another point that comes out of what um, Amy was talking about there is that kind of, that indecisiveness, that not knowing. Maybe where we sit um, as storytellers, where the work sits, um, and perhaps also where the industry is going, um, where that visual storytelling is going. As I spoke about it again in a previous podcast, I, I think personally that feeling of not knowing um, can be a good thing and it can be a positive thing. It doesn't have to be a negative aspect of what we're doing um, with our work or how we work. It, it can actually provide, I believe, um, an edge. Going back to the mentorship, which I spoke about earlier in this podcast, maybe that mentorship and if other photographers were happy to do something similar, maybe that mentorship and similar situations will actually um, help support photographers who are feeling that sense of perhaps um, not knowing. But anyway, I look forward very much to um, meeting up with Amy and... um, continuing that conversation with her in person and not all conversations have to occur online even in this digital age anyway i suppose also just a final thing on that is um, this podcast in itself is trying to reach out of that photographic community and try and share those stories um so maybe that helps a little bit as well anyway it really is cold in the shed um this week you may have noticed i'm talking a little bit quicker i think that's just to try and uh, keep warmer the the hot cup of tea that i started this podcast with has already gone cold and there's ice on the inside of the shed windows so that's probably a good time to end this week's podcast and don't forget take care <laughs>